0: Up front. The opinions expressed represent those only of the panel and callers, and do not reflect the views of WNRI and its owners. Telephone lines are now open at 7690600. And now, let's join the Upfront panel. Uh, this is the easy uh, part of uh, broadcasting. It's called um, Wednesday morning quarterbacking. Now we have uh, an idea of where everything went, so now we can uh, start um, uh, saying that we really thought it was going to go that way, anyway. Anyway, welcome to our program. I'm Roger Bouchard, and uh, joining us um, on Tuesdays and Thursdays is uh, Chris Boulay. He Couldn't be with us yesterday because we had that time allocated for a sale to the candidates, uh, but uh, he re- uh, agreed to come in this morning and join us for our uh, what we call. Uh, p.m. post-mortem on the uh, on the election and good morning to you
1: chris thank you for being here good morning roger good morning listeners it's uh, great to be here and this is uh something i'm able to check off my bucket list i always wanted to do this show with no sleep oh. so i'm excited to be here <laughs> all right one check off all sometimes right well it works sometimes it doesn't right with not too much
0: more sleep uh, in back of you is uh, jeff gamash who's in the studio with us and good morning jeff thank you good morning yeah i ended up with about uh, Probably two and a half hours or
2: so over broken periods uh overnight. I haven't uh, ate too much. I'm hungry right now. Anybody got any breakfast on you? <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, we don't. Uh, so I want to begin. Let's uh, start at the national scene and work our way down. Uh, and, and that's because um, we still don't have an answer as to uh, what's going on. But um, I know that uh, you... Um, this is very important to a guy like like yourself, uh, Chris, because who is President of the United States and their policies can affect um, your livelihood and and uh, your uh, your clients uh, and so uh, this is probably more important than whether uh, Nicholas Mattiello uh, is going to
1: uh, uh, be
0: state representative and speaker of the house. You you, you can begin.
1: Yeah, no no question about it. Um, I've been doing this for well over twenty years, and this was the busiest period of time. And I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, clients I may talk to you know once or twice a year, talking to a you know couple times a week, positioning it, trying to figure out if it's going to go this way, what should we do? If it's going to go that way, what should we do? And it it's pretty exciting. So watching it last night and watching the president do quite well. Uh, it was very exciting watching the states uh, go on, you know, on and on. And going right back to being a financial advisor, obviously everyone knows that the market did extremely well yesterday. So up five hundred fifty-five points, the futures were up four hundred points, indicating a big day. So then you're looking at that and you say, what does the market know? And then last night, watching all the results come in, and kind of a repeat of 2016, and of course it's undecided. But the president's looking very, very good in the battleground states. So some great uh, polling uh, proved to be wrong but the after the fact and the analysis that that Fox was doing was pretty interesting so I have... uh CNN, Fox News open, election decision delayed, so it'll be very, very interesting, but the president put together a great campaign, and it was certainly Joe Biden's to lose, and it looks like he snatched defeat out of the jaws of victory.
0: Now, how do you gain your information? Uh, do you uh, depend on Fox, or are you all over the place uh, with the networks? Uh, do you have a secret website uh, that gives you uh, insight into uh, into what's uh, going to happen, and, and what do you think is going to happen? Do you think Donald Trump will end uh, will up uh, in the White House? Well,
1: again, again. We're working for the, for the largest wealth manager in the world, we have our own research. We have our own proprietary research. Some of it's available to clients, some of it's available internal use for financial advisors. But as I noted last night, the tone of CNN was more factual. So they're reporting. The facts. They're, they want to be right, so they spent you know four years tearing down Donald Trump and being fake news, and now they're focusing on well, we want to get this thing right. And so I found it to be incredibly refreshing. So I went back and forth between MSNBC and Fox News and CNN, taking it all in. And also CNBC, which seemed to be very, very slow with everything, they were behind. So between Fox and CNN, it seemed like the old days when news was actually credible. So I was very impressed with CNN last night. All right. And uh, to answer your question, I'm I'm sorry. Yes, I do believe uh, Donald Trump will get four more years.
0: All right. Thank you. And uh, so looking at that national election, do you have any comments before we uh, kind of go down? I love to think my head works in terms of a funnel starting with a very broad uh, base of information and I start narrowing it down. And when we get to the bottom of the funnel, we'll talk about Lisa and John. All right. So. Donald Trump, will he prevail? I want an answer now. Well, he certainly, if you're looking at the projected
2: fall of, uh, and Chris is more qualified than I am on this one, but if you're looking at the projected fall of where the remaining states are leading, I believe that would, if it falls true to what I was watching, I just checked Fox News, uh, there were were two states remaining for Biden, the rest would fall to Trump if that holds Pat. Trump's got a real shot to, to take this election.
0: Why is he so uh, cautious in his news remarks like like uh, <laughs> we were ready for victory and then all of a sudden it stopped? Or was that recorded uh, in the middle
1: of the night and it's not relevant now? Well, I, I, I think he, he's he got the patience of a gnat. I mean, he, you know, he's been geared up for this for, you know, he's... He wants what every first-term president wants, which is a second term. It's incredibly important. It's incredibly important to the country, and I feel like he feels like he'd be letting the country down by losing. So um, it's got to play itself out. But the one thing, I'll be a Pollyanna, the one thing we haven't heard, you guys might feel differently, is any voter fraud. You really haven't heard anyone accuse anyone of any voter fraud, so it's interesting. But right now, Pennsylvania is up, North Carolina, Georgia, Michigan, um, so those are all. Those are all enough to swing it. Swing everything over to the president.
0: All right. So we have talked about the presidency, and so I, I guess is the. Uh, here's what I'm hearing from uh, from the two gentlemen uh, that I, I respect their opinions from in the studio. Uh, I'm hearing uh, as the day goes on, we probably will see a clearer picture as to whether Mr. Trump can hold that lead and and hold his office president. But right now, it looks in that direction but uh anything can happen right
2: uh correct and uh, it's boiling down to that electoral college that uh there was some scuttlebutt to eliminate after uh, president trump won the last one as far as the cautiousness of president trump i think it's very wise and uh, if you think back i don't think any candidate wants to step in the shoes of what we experienced if you remember back the al gore uh race where uh when he was running for president uh, one declared oh no then they had to undeclare then the other one declared they had to undeclare waiting i think for florida at that point to decide it actually came down to that very state so i don't think anybody wants to step into those shoes because it's still you know poked at today so it's very wise for uh, president trump to play the patience game and um, you got to assume he's got some good handlers around him keeping him at bay,
0: if you will. This is a talk show. <laughs> no, this is not Radio Jeopardy. This is a talk show. So, therefore, if you want to talk to us uh, on any topic, whether it's national or uh, Rhode Island or local, please feel free to dial us up right here on the Upfront program. Let's check in with Scott McGee. Scott McGee of REMAX Properties brings his years of real estate experience to you, whether buying or selling. Check out this property currently on the market from the McGee team. All right, uh, Scott McGee has a great piece of property. I used to call this, this is old-fashioned. I just want to see if you guys have ever uh, heard of the word. We've got a nice... Bungalow on 6th Avenue. Have you ever heard that in terms of uh, describing a house for real estate, uh, uh, Chris? I have. Oh, good, good. That makes me feel a lot better. However, this is not how Scott McGee describes uh, this, uh, this house in, um, I guess it's in uh, Fairmont. Yeah. It's on 6th Avenue. It's a beautiful four bedroom, one and a half bathroom cape. Not a bungalow, Roger. And I like that word bungalow, though, for some reason. In It uh, sounds cozy. In a super quiet part of the city. And uh, this property is located at 599 6th Avenue in Woonsocket. The home has been completely renovated over the last nine years. Not much to do except move in and enjoy the nice fenced-in yard and plenty of room and privacy for cookouts. Yeah, they'll be coming back. Uh, six months or so. First floor has a good-sized dining room, living room, and eat-in kitchen, as well as a half-bath by the front entry. Upstairs, there are four bedrooms and one full bathroom. Full basement with laundry, storage utility, and walkout to the backyard for added convenience. Call to make your appointment to see this fantastic home at 599 6th Avenue in Woonsocket. Scott McGee has it. It's listed at 249. It's a new listing. House built in 1920. It is immaculate looking. Scott McGee would like to show you this property. We would like to also invite you to the Roast House for lunch today. The Roast House is open seven days a week and our hours are 11:30 a.m to 9 p.m and we're featuring outside dining and inside dining and of course takeout to make a reservation to dine or to place an order at the roast house call 508-883-7700 and check our menu on the internet for the thank you for your support during this period of transition the roast house farm street blackstone we welcome back old and new customers for inside and outside dining Kear Kosher, your accounting, financial planning, tax preparation, and business consulting services of Woonsocket and Warwick, 600 Cass Avenue, Woonsocket, Jefferson Boulevard, and Warwick. Call us locally at 766-8100. Remember, outside of the tax season, we do planning for business, individuals, and families. We're Kear Kosher. We're certified public accountants. Again, our local number, 766-8100. And remember, having Kear Kosher to consult with on your personal financial situation is like having all the right answers. Okay, let's get back to the Upfront program. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel. Roger Bouchard, Chris Boulay, Jeff Kibosh, and uh, also a telephone in the studio with uh, activity on it. And I guess, uh, Chris, we can say that this is our first post-election telephone call on the program. And we'll see what this person has to say. So I'll bring up this volume, press this button, move this switch, and we should have somebody on the line. Hello there.
3: Hey, guys. How you doing this morning? Good, Good morning. morning. We're doing all right. Excellent. Excellent. Hey, I just wanted to talk about the, uh, just give a little insight into my, into the Woonsocket election and see what you guys think. and sure. uh, I wrote about this actually in the Valley Breeze, and I was I was just thrilled to see Valerie Gonzalez could be the top vote getter. You mm-hmm. know, I hope that sticks. I really hope that the mail-ins don't change that but what i found appealing about her was a you know i sent her some emails she immediately responded got right back to me um she was honest transparent up front and the other thing guys this is what i what i found really uh i think her running as a breakout candidate she didn't team up you know not saying she's not a team player but she didn't team up with other candidates to try to do that she went out and did her own thing because here's here's the thing guys i think when you group up with other candidates, like if you have four people all running together, kind of like the Wasatch Democrats did, I think it could be a disadvantage because what happens is if one voter sees one name on there they don't like, they might vote against all the candidates. So I think what Valerie did correctly was she said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my own thing. You know, I'm gonna work with everybody. I'm gonna be a team player. I'm gonna collaborate. I'm gonna be a collaborator, but I want I want my face out there. I'm gonna let people know I'm not." I'm not go- there's gonna be no pressure for me to vote any certain way. So I think it really worked out to her advantage doing her own thing. I wanted to know what you guys thought.
1: Well, would you agree? I, I agree with some of that, but would you agree that she pretty much teamed up with the mayor and did well because on the strength of the mayor's showing?
3: Well this is my perspective as a voter. I didn't see that. I'm just telling you this is my perspective. So she might be, I don't know, uh, but here's what I'm just giving you an objective. View of this, I didn't see her in Baldelli signs on the same plaques. I didn't see anything like that. Everything was sort of. Uh, she seemed to me to be a breakout candidate. So, I mean, maybe they are. But again, I'm giving you an objective view from the voter.
1: By definition, if it's your opinion, it's not objective. But I, I see where you're going with it. Now, my opinion is um,
0: is that uh, she had the three E's going for her: enthusiasm, she had energy, and she encountered. The voters. Uh, so I do believe that I have to give her uh, more credit than Chris uh, just did a few seconds ago. Uh, I do know that she had an, an alliance uh, with the uh, mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt, but um, it wasn't um, it wasn't evident to the people on the street. And this is where I saw her the most uh, when she was campaigning. She had her sign. She was there personally. And she was promoting Valerie Gonzalez, and she didn't say as you walked away. And Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt supports me. Uh, you know, it didn't hurt to have Mayor Lisa Baldelli Hunt, but she probably got more votes than the mayor got. So, um, so I'm not quite sure that uh, she was riding on her coattails, but I think I, I want to give her. Uh, uh, I, I think I want to give her about 95 percent credit for her victory, um, and 5% to maybe other factors. Do you agree uh, with that caller?
3: I absolutely agree. I think 95%, Chris, I respectfully disagree. I know where you're going. I hear you. I respect that. But I think I agree with Roger a little more. I think it's a 95 to 5 ratio. I don't think... I don't think she wrote any coattails with the mayor here.
1: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, Roger reflected on that because I didn't mean to take anything away from her. But what I wanted to say is, yeah, she pretty much teamed up w- with the mayor. So did that take anything away from her candidacy? You no, know, I think it was probably it ends up being a smart thing. So we'll see where it goes. Uh, you know, we'll see how it goes and what the votes are. And But I'm looking for, you know, somebody. It's going to be a supermajority anyway, but um, hopefully we'll have some independent thinking uh, on the council in that, se- in that sense.
3: Yeah, definitely. Hey, thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for covering it, and uh, I, everyone have a good morning. Thank you. We thanks, thanks
0: for the, the call. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, and uh, we appreciate anybody else who wants to call and offer their uh, their thoughts uh, about uh, the local race or the state race. Uh, in the first uh, third of the program, we, we talked about uh, the national race. I think we know how uh, that—we know what direction it's headed to. It certainly could— like uh, like any train, any train can derail, but most of the time they don't. So we'll see what happens uh, later in the day with uh, the Donald Trump-Joseph Biden race. Now, to Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And uh, from Westerly to Woonsocket, from Newport to the uh, tip of Boroughville, uh, what was you, if you were an editor and you had to uh, put the front page out on the Rhode Island story, what story
1: would you choose? Well, I think um, you and I are in, in agreement. I heard you this morning as I was driving up, and um, the Speaker losing uh, to, to Ms. Fung, obviously, is going to change everything. So I got kind of an inside seat on that uh, last night. I was sitting with a couple of state reps, and uh, Shikachi was calling and uh, looking for their support.
0: Already, already, uh, yes. So, who is this Sakachi uh, to to yeah. our listeners that that might that might have sounded like you just swore,
1: right? And <laughs> you were not using bad language, right? Oh no, 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 right. never, never. Sakachi so, is the name of a politician, right? Joe Shikachi. and uh-huh. uh, I, I think his title. I think he's already the majority leader, and um, we've had him on the on the air. A very intelligent guy, noteworthy. He has a $17,000 job, and he has somewhere between half a million and a million dollars in his war chest. Uh, Prodigious fundraiser. Smart guy. Mount St. Charles Academy uh, graduate, as I recall. And um, he's already had a conversation with Nicky Mattiello about some of the things that he wants to carry. And you and I, you know, both having new vehicles in Woonsocket, which is extremely uh, tax-heavy on those things, um, they want to carry on the car tax and, and phase out. So that was kind of interesting. Um, there's a few Republicans who got in. There's about three or four people who are looking to become the next speaker, but Joe is pretty much gutted hands down. And um, I've been wrong before, and I love when callers call me and uh, if I'm wrong, but uh, Joe will be our next speaker. He's a little bit more... Um, uh, liberal than, than, uh, than the Speaker but he's the obvious choice and that's what we got he is a state representative
0: from uh, the city of Warwick and uh, he is uh, not the Speaker but he is the House Majority Leader and uh, so he was making his phone calls last night and, uh, and two of those calls had to be to Casey and to Phillips uh, who didn't have any opposition in this race so they are automatically in and they have a, a vote to cast for who will be the next speaker. And, well, maybe Mr. Sarkachi also called uh, Steve Lima. Because it looks like Steve Lima uh, will be uh, the Rhode Island delegation. So here's who will represent Woonsocket uh, on the Senate level. No opposition. Roger Picard goes in automatically. No opposition. Melissa Murray goes in automatically. State Senators. House of Representatives. Casey goes in automatically. Phillips automatically because no opposition. And the final seat, uh, District 49, Steve Lemer over Vin Bono. And he will take his place uh, in January. So that's how it went uh, locally for our, shall we say, state house delegation. And those are the five people that Mayor Lisa Baldelli hunter will have to work with. In her fourth term as mayor of the city of Woonsocket. Any other
1: interesting state things? Uh, Pocosi has an overwhelming lead over Warwick Mayor Solomon. Mm -hmm. So talking to folks who live in Warwick, uh, Mayor Solomon is very unpopular Mm -hmm. and is very difficult to beat an incumbent, but he, he got crushed. So uh, an independent candidate known for his holiday-like displays ousted incumbent Mayor Joseph J. Solomon, a Democrat and career politician, in Tuesday's election. So that's right up there as well. And the new uh, Warwick mayor is a former member
0: of the uh, Warwick School Committee. He's not exactly new to Warwick politics. And the undertone there in the uh, Warwick campaign was um, Joe Solomon, the mayor of Warwick, not getting along with John Howell. Who's John Howell? He is the publisher of the Warwick Beacon publication that comes out two times a week, I believe, it comes out in Warwick. It's not a daily, it, it's a bi-weekly. And Mr. Howell has been publishing that paper almost 50 years in Warwick. It is a institution in the city of Warwick. Like, um, you know, what would be an institution here? Yeah, I guess the could Call would be an, an institution they've been publishing since the 1800s. And what happened is that some of the things that were being said in the uh, Warwick Beacon paper didn't sit well with Joe Solomon. And so he pulled all the advertising out of the paper. And, uh, well, obviously, John Howell, the publisher, wasn't too happy about that. I mean, newspapers and radio stations depend on advertising income to pay the electric bill and taxes. So, so um, that started a feud between them. Plus, Solomon wasn't that popular to begin with. Down to defeat he goes and the Warwick Beacon of course supporting Mr. Picozzi.
1: Have have you ever experienced that a politician upset that actually pulls advertising just yeah. because they don't like what you're saying? Yeah, that, I, that, that could not have yeah. happened. Right. I have enemies
0: <laughs> right in the in the radio station that helped me lose advertising <laughs> and they're supposed to be uh, working here but they uh, say nasty things about our uh, our clients or say stupid things and uh, And I get screwed over it. But that's for another day, another time. We are in the middle of the Upfront program, and um, we invite your phone calls at 769-0600.
1: Were you surprised how poorly the socialists did in uh, the city council race?
0: Yeah, so let's go to um, to the Woonsocket uh, race, Uh, Woonsocket City Council. Um, First of all, I think that uh, we, I don't know if I downplayed it, Maybe I should have upplayed it. Maybe I should have led the news with something like the Woonsocket progressive Democrat team uh, fails to capture any seats on the Woonsocket City Council, including ousting council member Alex Kithis. We really didn't cover the news quite that way today. But that's what about ball would have boiled down to.
1: Yeah, so him and uh, the three other folks are running on the working party. And as I said, uh, if you're going to be calling yourself the working party, you probably should have a job. But they did very, very poorly. So I did want to circle back to what Alex said when he beat Roger um, Gillette? Gillette last August. Uh-huh. So this is a quote. And this is from uh, Mr. Kittis. It is also a slap in the face to a local talk radio, which obviously did not lose the election for us, added Kittis. It's a slap in the face to the individual whose brother published his op-ed at the last minute in the Valley Breeze. And it's a slap in the face to the five city council members who decided that they were going to back my opponent just because he was going to go with them blindly. So that was uh, from Mr. kittis uh, last, um, last August.
0: Right, and of course that was a special election. It was just kittis and Gillette out there. Kittis, uh prevailed, uh, but he did not prevail last night. Do you have any comments on the uh, progress? Now, the um, that body of uh, of candidates uh, you interviewed uh, as your first set of candidates, I believe, when we were doing our free time. Yes, and did. uh, they didn't buy any time, but they did take advantage of the free time, and you did a nice job. I was in Newport listening uh, to to you uh, that day on the uh, on the wireless, so to speak, and. Um, it was an interesting interview the in the beginning of their campaign, yeah it was um,
2: the i i personally not surprised. Uh, I don't see Woonsocket as progressive as some would want us to be, and I don't see us as uh, as diverse as some may uh, want to, be, to see the political views to be. Um, I think uh, on the Alex Kithis campaign, if I was to, you know, just uh, give a Monday morning quarterback, as you referenced, Roger, or Wednesday morning quarterback, um, there was one slap in the face you neglected to point out, which I think may have been in the thoughts was the p-r-w-m-i-a flag um the to say that taking that flag putting the flag back up was a slap in the face to the other movement could not have bode well with many um citizens in the city i would assume Uh, so you can talk to a thousand people that have your like mindset and think you have a lot of people but you're talking a voting pool of twelve fourteen thousand a thousand people of like mind is 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 a drop in the bucket, as you might say, Chris. Um, so I think that other slap in the face may have played a role in it. Uh, the other three unknown, Marlene Guy, had to walk out somewhat pleased, coming in between Margot Moroso and Alex Kithis on that pecking order. So that was probably a little better showing than she may have anticipated. Um, but the remaining unknown candidates, if you will, Vaughn Miller and Charmaine Webster, Uh, probably fell in where they would, as any newcomer, would fall into that pecking order on that ranking list. Um, The other uh, somewhat progressive candidates uh, showed with Margot Morisot and maybe a little left-leaning Garrett Minceri coming in under. So the whole ticket didn't do well. David Soucy, obviously big name power is still in one socket from the susie insurance agency and of course the family heritage of politics so showed there that a strong name still does well at the polls within the borders of one socket
0: dave susie probably uh, can be described as <laughs> i know he'll hate this a conservative progressive <laughs> but he's a consummate gentleman
2: uh, he always presents himself in a controlled manner. Uh, he doesn't do anything to derail uh, somebody away from him uh, in a thought process or a disagreement conversation. You can have a, a disagreement conversation with Dave Susie and when you walk away, you're not
0: even sure you disagree. We have a caller waiting. Yeah. However, James Knoyer, who does not mince words, has sent us an email. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and James uh, simply says... To paraphrase Alex Kithis, I believe the election results were a slap in the face to Alex Kithis, a slap in the face, and Steve Alquist, a slap in the face, who is Steve, the publisher of Uprise Rhode Island publication, and to another uh, progressive uh, group out there called the Epic Theater, uh, along with their divisive toxic identity politics writes James Kenoya. James Kenoya, I'm absolutely positive. We'll be happy not to have to sit in the same room with Alex Kithis because of any, anything like water and vinegar, uh, there would be those two uh, individuals, Kithis and Kenoya.
2: I, I, I got a feeling, though, at his young age, it's not the last we've probably heard of Alex oh, Kithis. Oh, no. He was very active prior to being a, a councilman, uh, even at a young age, of course, the infamous uh, chicken legislation. Uh, to allow uh, home chickens here in the uh, city of socket. So I don't think we've seen the end of, of Alex Kithis. And I'm very curious what will be in the future for Marlene Guy. Many had said perhaps she should have run for school committee. We'll see what happens.
0: Okay, let's take a phone call. This is the Upfront program on WNRI. Hello.
4: Good morning. I should like to make a couple comments.
0: Please Please do, yeah.
4: Um, You've been talking about the um, progressive candidates that ran as a team in the city, and there were two basic groups of them. But I will say that I think one of the reasons that they perhaps did not succeed was the fact that Alex did all the talking for the whole group. He was the mouthpiece for the whole group. So none of the other candidates seemed to um, let themselves be known as to who they were or what they stood for. And so if you have one person being a mouthpiece, then that's a problem for just about most voters, especially if you're dealing with people that aren't well-known. Because if you don't know who you're going to vote for, um, you're not going to vote for them. And the other part of it is that, you know, it's no secret that Alex was very much aligned with national progressive issues and somewhat of an agenda. And the reality is, is that all along, as much as I respect Alex as a person, I do think that he wasn't listening to his constituents. And I think that was a big problem. And I I know he might say otherwise, but I don't think he was listening to the constituents all along. It was, it was,
1: f- it was funny because my, if I didn't follow politics, um, uh, as you know, uh, even before the uh, pandemic, I work from home a lot. I have a home office. So uh, about a month and a half ago, I'm having a conference call and I've got my headset on and somebody's ringing the doorbell. And then they're banging on the doorbell. Then they're ringing the doorbell. Then they're banging on the doorbell. It was one of the progressive people. And I'm like, they, I'm, I'm trying to work here. And literally for two, two or three minutes, Chuck, they're banging on the door uh, just, just to give me a flyer. Um, yeah. and, it's like, and they could have did just blown the it? flyer. Uh, um, no, <laughs> I, 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 I did not. Actually, no, I, I, don't, I don't remember. I, I just remember being annoyed as hell. And I said, well, if, that's a, if that's the way you're going to rub uh, people, I, I think you're going to have a problem.
4: Well, right, and I, I want to say something about the other supposedly progressive team. And I think one of the big problems was the fact that, um, like was said earlier, if you see some a team and you don't like one person on the team or for whatever reason, you're not going to vote for that team. I think one of the problems that um, Garrett and Margot and um, Dave Susie had was the fact that Margo was on that team because she's involved with NeighborWorks. I'm not going to belittle NeighborWorks, but we all know the problem of um, the control of the property that they have in the city and the tax issues and what have you. And, you know, honestly, I think a lot of people said, oh, no. I'm not dealing with that. I'm not going to put my stamp of approval on that, and I think that was detrimental to that particular team. You know, and I do think that some of these younger people will eventually, perhaps, serve on a council or or even statewide. But people need to learn to listen to what the constituents want. See, I, 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 yeah, I. Go ahead.
1: That's important. See, I I, I go back and forth with that because Dave Susie is a good friend of mine. Everyone loves Dave Susie. He finished through it. I don't like Dave's voting record. I'm hoping for, you know, he got in, he did very, very well, and I'm hoping for a better voting record because he's a smart guy. And if you had a 10-year citizen... MVP of the year, you know, for 10 years, you know, Dave would be right up there. But it, it didn't seem to hurt him, so I know what you're saying. He he did very well with, despite that team. Well, Chris, if you were a Lisa Baldelli-Hunt supporter,
2: as I was commenting with Roger earlier, and you were looking for a council person to vote for, you're not going to vote for the supermajority five, we'll call them. Yeah. Uh, your vote has to go somewhere. Susie, the, the outstanding name that you could see, those poll voters going for, uh, so it's no surprise to me that he came in that high. Well Chuck?
4: And once again, a known person in yeah. the community, a yeah. known commodity. So I will leave you with those couple of thoughts, and you know, no disrespect or disregard to anybody who ran, but I just think that honestly, um, if if you're going to run as part of a team, you also have to be a visible individual. Thank you.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you, and we'll be back of uh, the uh, actually we'll we'll uh, delay our break a little bit oh. because I I do want to get a few more minutes of you uh, in here uh, Chris Boulay. So we uh, talked about uh, the local election here in Woonsocket. And so we have um a what they call a supermajority. Would you explain what a supermajority means in Woonsocket?
1: Yeah, a supermajority. So there's there's a group of 5 uh that Jeff just alluded to that have, you know, uh, have uh, pushback against the mayor. So if the mayor vetoes a budget or, or what have you, they can do an o- override. So there's five who think similarly, and we've talked about them, and those are five that I, that I supported on the council. And so we've had a couple of situations where I think there have been 20 overrides and since since the administration started. 13 of them were related to budget, what have you. So if you have four to three, then uh, the mayor's budget or the mayor's uh, uh, veto would, would be held. So that's really what it comes down to. We don't know how Ms. Gonzalez is going to vote. We don't know how Mr. Soucy is going to vote. But the five tend to uh, be more conservative with our tax dollars, and they uh, have actually cut the budget quite a bit uh, in the past uh, you know, few years.
0: And the other question I want to ask you, because I know you have another commitment this morning, but um, and I don't like to get you in trouble with uh, your company, and I know you like put a disclaimer sometimes in front of this answer, but we're going back to the front of the program uh, now that the votes have been cast, of course we don't know, they haven't been counted, all of them, but why does business get uh, finicky uh, over Biden and why do they get bullish, uh, if that's an expression, over uh, over Trump? Um, is, it, is it that the stock market community, whoever that is, sees such a
1: clear difference between the two? Well, I, I certainly can opine on that. What happens, and I've mentioned this before, the biggest tax cut that happened under the Trump administration was not the individual tax going from 396 to 37% that, at the high income. That That's nothing. It's taking 35%, which was the second highest corporate tax rate in the world for industrialized nations, and taking it down to 21%. That's really what you have in the stock market because you take CVS, a great CVS, they have... Sales and cost of goods sold, and they pay at the highest rate. So they just went from 35% to 21%. What are they doing with that money? They're investing in technology. They're doing stock buybacks. They're hiring more people. And that's really what's driving it. Um, Biden said he was going to take that away. And, you know, we still don't know if he's going to be president. I don't think so. But if he takes that away, that's going to set us back so, so much. However, my personal opinion about Biden in terms of the direction of the country and Wall Street are probably um, separating because short term he may not be that bad for the for the for the stock market because there's going to be a lot of investment long term i think the, co- the country is going to go in the wrong direction and i've clearly delineated that's my opinion but it's really that corporate tax rate reduction which is really driven it and the president the president's following that since 19, you know since he's been uh, in business for 40 years so and he that, gets it
0: and that tax cut helps uh, some of trump's enemies too you know it, it's uh amazon that gets that break and so does google and so does uh, facebook and so forth and uh, they all uh, work against him mm-hmm. uh, But uh, they're all um, being able to take that saving of money and doing whatever they want with it. But hopefully they're reinvesting it back into uh, their company for more employment opportunities.
1: Right. And as as I wrap up here, one of the things to fix the... Income inequality very quickly in America is to tax capital at the same rate that you tax labor. So if you make $5 million, you're going to be paying at you know, 37% plus your estate. If you sell $5 million worth of stock, you're going to be paying at 20% and change. So those things are things that Biden wanted to attack. You talk to most Wall Street experts as saying that's going to hurt, but it's going to be spreading the pain individually, not, uh, to, you know, not in the stock market. But um, they don't like uncertainty. So if Trump gets in and the Senate's held by Republicans and the Democrats hold the House, there's going to be more gridlock. And the, um, generally speaking, Wall Street likes gridlock because crazy ideas are not going to get passed.
0: This is the Upfront program. Thanks for being with us uh, today, Chris. My pleasure. We're going to take a break here, and then we'll be back. It'll be Roger and Jeff again. Are you thinking about opening up a business or expanding your existing business? Do you need a building to rent or purchase? Call one of the best commercial realtors around, who has helped over 30 businesses start up or grow in our community. Contact Garrett menseri with Manseri Real Estate, who can help you find the place that works for you. His phone number is 401-651-1519 to start your search today. There is plenty of office, retail, manufacturing, industrial, or vacant land properties out there on the market. And Garrett Manseri can find it for you. His number again is 401-651-1519. So give him a call today at Manseri Real Estate. Champs Liquors for Keyway, 481 Clinton Street, Woonsocket. Champs reintroduces Flip-Flop Wines, a California winery that has crafted a variety of wines that are fun, fruit-flavored, with amazing taste. Listen to this. We have two bottles of Flip-Flop Wine for $10, including Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Pink Moscato, Regular Moscato, Chardonnay, and Pinot Grigio. Again, two bottles for $10, mix and match. Still on sale, Tisdale Wines from California. In Six varieties, including a Pinot Grigio, Merlot, Cabernet, White Zinfandel, Chardonnay, and Moscato choices. And yes, again, two bottles for $10. And we continue with the best price in town on Bud and Bud Light, 30-pack, $25.50, plus tax. New hours for the convenience of customers open daily at 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. For a great selection of beer, wine, and spirits, you can count on Champs Liquors, 481 Clinton Street. Have a question? Call 765-1800 and speak to Mike the Manager. Inside dining, outside dining, or your favorite pickup order to go from Grumpy's Restaurant, Bellingham. Open seven days a week with a great luncheon menu and a full menu from burgers to steaks to seafood to our Italian dishes and our tasty pizzas. One of the best menus in the area. Hungry tonight or today? Come on in today and enjoy the friendly service, reasonable prices, and great food at Grumpy's. Call ahead for pickup order or place a reservation to dine in at 508 8830101 Grumpy's, 199 Pulaski Boulevard, Bellingham, Massachusetts. Grubhub delivery also available. When it comes to Medicare, you now have more choices in Rhode Island. United Healthcare is offering Medicare Advantage PPO plans that offer more benefits and services than original Medicare without costing more. Plans include prescription drug coverage, annual enrollment ends December 7th. Meet in person or online with a licensed sales representative today. Call Brendan Murray of Health & Wealth Incorporated at 888-429-4727 to make an appointment. That's 888-429-4727. Join professional chef Gary McLaughlin and
3: amateur home chef Jeff Kamash on Recipe for a Good Day. Every Wednesday morning at 9.05. Brought to you by
2: Little General Convenience Stores.
3: Recipes,
4: tips,
1: and of
2: course, find out what is on sale this week at all Little General
4: locations. And take a chance to win a $5 Little General gift card.
2: And don't forget, remember, the recipe for a good day is a warm smile, a
1: good laugh, and a great meal. You're listening to WNRI's Upfront, a radio internet talk show. Now, let's get back to the panel.
0: All right, the panel has reconvened on the Upfront program for this Wednesday, the day after Election Day. I'm Roger. Chris Boulay is uh, off. Uh, In this portion of the program, Jeff Kamash is in, and we're chatting right until 9 o'clock when Recipe for a Good Day comes your way uh, between 9 and 9.30. Well, Jeff... uh, any for oh, we have telephone lines open.
2: But we do have telephone lines open, and I know, ladies and gentlemen, it's the first time this week the lines are open line. So uh, we'd love to hear from you. There are some of our routine callers of normal, uh, maybe Claire in North Smithfield, uh, a candidate on the town council race. Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you are a, a candidate in the city council race, and you can call. You can call now. The the restrictions are over. So. Um, Roger Gillette anybody out there listening that uh, you came in on top you would like to address the audience Now's a perfect time to do so a free thank you Uh, I think uh, if we were to give out uh, what's the uh, thing uh, superlatives you'd get them in the yearbook in Mm -hmm. high school Uh, I I had no superlatives in my yearbook I had two
3: Uh
2: Uh, most musically inclined and uh, there was something about being a uh, a stage uh, theater guy or something may be surprised to know that.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Maybe I should go get. I have my yearbook in my office. I know you show it
2: to us once a month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to show you what I had here. <laughs> you, you look great, Booch. Uh The overreaction of the night, I think, has to go to the uh, Langevin race because I was shocked uh, at uh, the location I was at earlier in the evening. The 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 the, the, the reaction to the first round of numbers to uh, Jim Langevin and uh, and even some of the news outlets reporting Langevin losing his seat. Uh, then those mail ballots came up. It became neck and neck. Langevin was still behind two points. Mail ballots hit. Langevin blows him out. So uh, as uh, many of us were watching it, it probably the overreaction of the night would go to us watching that Langevin race.
0: And our uh, thank you of the morning is coming from uh, council member Denise Sierra. Oh, who, good morning, uh, Denise. Who did well yesterday. Hello, Denise. Hi,
5: good morning everybody. I uh, have been listening and I'm calling in to take advantage of that free thank you.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, take advantage of it. Uh, the, the voters are yours to uh, to speak to.
5: Yeah, well, a big thank you to everybody who came out and voted. And I also wanted to uh, take the time to say congratulations to all my peers who placed, as well as um, in the administration. You know, congratulations. It was a hard, hard fight. Um, and to the victor go the spoils. you know. So congratulations to everybody. And from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank the voters who came out and voted for me. And uh, it means a lot. I'm really looking forward to working for these next two years to
0: continue what i started all right well thank you so very much for taking advantage of that opportunity and we'll uh, see if somebody else is on another line thank you denise sierra congratulations denise bye-bye thank you very much see
5: you soon guys bye-bye
2: bye-bye all right what else do we have well on our uh, next line we have the woman who took the top (coughs) pole position on our city council race And that is Valerie Gonzalez. Good morning and congratulations, Valerie.
5: Good morning. Thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to take an opportunity to um, thank you, um, WNRI, for the opportunity that you gave me to express my platform to um, Woonsocket. I did get a lot of people who said, I heard you on the radio. And... You
0: know, um, that's how I got to know you. So thank you very much for having me on this morning and um, for the previous times you've had me. Well, I want to say to you uh, that that uh, maybe your appearance on WNRI helped you 1% <laughs> of, uh, of your victory. What I think uh, helped you was uh, doing it seven days a week. Well, when yeah. it was snowing or raining, uh, you just wouldn't give up.
5: Well, it, it was, I knew that um, this was going to be a tough election. There was a lot of really great candidates, and um, not to mention, you know, the, the incumbents, they're strong. And um, it was going to take work, a lot of work, and not, there wasn't that much time. I mean, when you, you think Woonsocket is a small town, so you start walking it. And then when you realize you have to get through all of it, uh, there just wasn't enough time, and, and we got creative in our campaign, and we got some really devoted volunteers that, um, that really help, helped us to, um, finish, um, the line, uh, to cross the line.
2: You mentioned your volunteers, and of course, spearheaded by your largest cheerleader, the good Bishop Herson Gonzalez,
6: mm-hmm.
2: um, and, yeah. uh, is one of the few people I could actually see his smile through his COVID mask last night. Uh, But, Valerie, if I can, I know you referenced your volunteers, but a few points I'd like to hit with you. Number one, uh, you were one of Two candidates on the entire 14-person ballot for city council, not associated officially with a team. You were on uh, the island of one. You had your supporters, but Valerie Gonzalez stood alone. Um, talk a little bit about uh, about that. Was it a challenge or was it an asset for you during this campaign cycle?
5: I think it's both. You know um, the challenges, you have to do it on your own, you know, and I know that um, you know, a lot of, the, I heard the conversation earlier, some people think well, you're writing the coattail of you know, the mayor and um, I, while I do appreciate the mayor' support she did, um, you know when asked, who would you like to work with, I was one of the names in that she uh, was talking about, so I know that that uh, helped, but I can't take it. I really do believe that what really got us over was um, the time that we spent in front of those city hall um, early voters. Um, we knew we didn't have the time to get everybody out there, but those volunteers that sit there with me, we have representation from 8.30 in the morning all the way to 4.30 p.m. And regardless, um, the, the challenges of the weather, I mean, it was, we were. We were in freezing rain. We had I had a day that I had to change my outfit three times <laughs> because it was just so cold, but I would run home and um, change my clothes, and my husband would be like, are you serious, you're going back out there? And I'm like, I feel like even the time that I was coming here that I was missing um, speaking with the people, and it wasn't just to get their vote. It was just, you get a perspective of the city when you have an opportunity to say hi to someone and, and the, 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 um, the conversations that I had, um, with the citizens of Woonsocket were amazing. And I found that I really enjoyed, uh, being out there. I really enjoyed talking to the people and I love working, uh, with the volunteers. I was, you know, friendly with everybody, whoever was on the corner, obviously I was talking, you know, to them, but, um, uh, I found that there's great people in every single one of um, the campaigns that were being run, and and I think that's what put me over. That I did not allow. Okay, it's me and you. I I didn't, I didn't have that attitude. It was just like, okay, best of luck to everybody. Let's give it our best shot. And I thank the voters and the people of Woonsocket who um, are the ones that have, who have the final word. And if I, if I can they, get
2: one quick question yes. into yes. you before we, we have another uh, uh, council winner Dan, on the, on the phone yep. mm-hmm. um, when you were out there canvassing some of the neighborhoods that you know I'm, I don't mean to classify but perhaps some of the, uh, the folks who may be felt underserved by government were you uh, was there an initiative behind the campaign of registering new voters uh, did you have a sense that you were getting people involved perhaps in politics for the first time through the campaign
5: yeah, actually, you know, I, um, from the minute that I decided to run and not even, um, we've always, whenever campaign season comes, we promote, you know, we ask people, are you registered to vote? We try to get them involved. We don't tell them who to vote for, but we try to inspire them to become the difference, you know? And, um, we found that this time around, we thought we weren't going to have that many in our circle because we were talking about it, but still we found that there were people who weren't registered and to our count. we um we had uh, probably about close to eighty people that we registered to vote okay. in one socket. And if you look at the difference between first place, you know, and I, I, I you know that that made a big difference. You know, just getting people out there. And it wasn't just because, to be honest with you, we didn't even really... We did a caravan in Fairmount. We didn't even get um, to Fairmount the way that we wanted to. Um, We only got to knock on, you know, um, a few doors. It it just wasn't as fine, you know, as we needed. But I was just... um, uh, I was very glad to be in a position that i could inspire people to activate their
2: um desire to vote all right well thanks for your time valerie gonzalez congratulations and i guess we'll see you inauguration night thank
5: you and congratulations to all of the other candidates um, who made it and to those who didn't um there's still a lot of work in the city there's room for all of us to make a difference
0: thank you
6: all right
0: thank you bye-bye valerie gonzalez next dan gendron hello sir good morning council president
6: Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Roger. How are both of you? We're good. Hey, let me know. just before. We, what, do you, what do you mean you don't know? Nobody tells me anything, Dan. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, no, I just I just want to say um, thank you to everyone who who came out to support us. I obviously could not be happier with the results of the city council race. Um, I think you you truly got the seven best um, candidates that will be the next city council so thank you uh, i humbly thank everyone for their support and and uh everyone that played a part in any of the races deserves a lot of credit because this was a hard fought race on everyone's part and um everyone deserves to be to feel good about what they did but i think the city uh really came out with a good team and i think that you'll you'll see good results
0: Uh, My only question to you is after the last election uh, you said something uh, the day after about uh, trying to forge a better relationship with Mayor Lisa Baldelli-Hunt that was successful to a certain extent but not as successful as I think you wanted it so what are you going to do this time around?
6: Well I am going to I will be reaching out in fact I've already um, reached out uh, via text to the mayor and I will continue to do that I think that the city benefits uh, from some collaboration with the city council and the administration. And, and that's really what it should be all about. I, um, I think that the council will perform better and the mayor will certainly perform better if we work together. And I, I have every intention, and I will say that publicly right now, that I will be um, desirous of working with the administration uh, more than we did in the end of this last term, but similar to what we did in the beginning of the term, and I think even the mayor and anyone in her administration would agree that it was a uh, a better relationship that we had at the at the onset of that last term, and I'd like to see that continue, um, start up again, and continue through this entire term uh, for the sake of the city.
0: Thank you, uh, Dan Gendron, and uh, we'll talk to you real soon.
6: All right, take care, and thank you, gentlemen.
0: Thank you, thank you Dan. Bye. And thank you uh, for joining us uh, this morning, Mr. Gamash. Always, uh, always appreciative of that. And uh, we're going to join our uh, network in progress, and then uh, recipe for a good day.